Some may find the following disturbing. Discretion is advised. Welcome, everyone, to a fresh episode of GTF, Gabriel Talks Football. My name is Aldo Gandia, and a quick reminder that tonight at 8 p.m. Central, it is going to be open mic with Mr. Shorty. He has got some barflies lined up for some football talk, and I believe Nomad is going to be on tonight as well. So uh, hopefully you can watch that show, and if you want to participate in that show, then watch the show. you get all the details then. And then also an hour before that, a fresh episode of Science Fliction will roll at 7 p.m. Central. So that's the programming update. Let's bring in the man of the hour, Greg Gabriel. How are you, my friend? I'm getting by. <laughs> the last the last week hasn't been the most fun, but you know, yeah, you had life, some... life, life goes on. You had some work done. You want to share anything uh, well, with your followers? Uh, uh, other than I got a five inch incision in my gut. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, enough said, <laughs> but if you need to get up and uh, take care of business at any point, you let us know. All right. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm like, there's nothing left to me now. <laughs> yeah. It looks like you've lost about 10 pounds here. Uh, 10, 12 pounds in a week. Wow. That'll, that'll, come, that'll come back. Oh that'll yeah. Back. Yeah. Um, but uh, you're, no, no, it takes me off because I can't go to the gym. Yeah. It's at least, two and probably three weeks before I, I can go to the gym mm -hmm. and I'm just going to wilt away in yeah. the meantime. Well, uh, I, I doubt that because you've got so uh, much built up strength in you. It's going to, it's going to take uh, a lot more than a surgery to mess with Greg Gabriel. <laughs> <laughs> and I know I'm not supposed to make you laugh, so I'll, I'll stop that. Uh, Greg is a trooper, says Mr. Uh, uh, Mr. Shorty. And Mr. Shorty is the uh, lead host and producer of Open Mic. Make sure you check it out, 8 p.m. Central tonight, right here on the Barroom Network. Greg Gabriel, we are coming off of the NFL Combine, and so we – Wanted to get your thoughts on that. But before that, let's rewind a little uh, before that because the defensive tackle from Georgia, a lot of people were thinking about him as a possible player for the Chicago Bears. Uh, Jalen Carter was arrested, uh, uh, was issued an arrest warrant, I should say, uh, two counts. What are your thoughts about that whole situation? You know, I, I made a lot of calls on this and talked to some people I respect. And in all honesty, you get varied opinions. Um, some people think it won't hurt them much at all. It might, you know, hurt them three or four slots, but it's not going to knock them down to the bottom half of the, the first round. Mm -hmm. First of all, there's no felonies involved. It's misdemeanors. They're traffic infractions. Mm -hmm. Okay. Exactly what happened, we don't know. And I don't know if they got any witnesses, and, and I'm sure we'll find that out. But I talked to one decision maker, and, and this was yesterday afternoon, and he said one thing to me that, you know, I was thinking, and that he said the same thing. So he and I were on the same page. And last Thursday, last Wednesday, these 
citations got issued or warrants got issued. So he immediately drew Rosenhaus as his agent. They put him on a private jet, flew back down to Athens, Georgia. He goes in, he gets charged, gets out on bail, and immediately gets on a jet and comes right back to Indy. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of kids wouldn't have the balls to do that and mm-hmm. face the music. Yeah. So that tells me a little bit about the kid. And I'm sure Drew had a lot to do with that and and saying that, you know, you got to face the music, but he did. Mm -hmm. And from all accounts I've gotten, he did a pretty damn good job. Now, the key is this, is that when he was put into an interview situation with clubs, especially clubs that were interested, he's got to be totally honest because they're going to find out the truth. And if they find out he lied, he's dead in the water. So, and, and I've been in situations like that. We had a kid, we, we interviewed a kid at the combine who had an arrest when he was in college. We had the police report and everything. We knew exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. He didn't know we had that. But so we asked for his version and his version was a complete 180 from what really happened. And, so we just dropped him right there. We took him off the board. Mm. Don't tell him that, but you know he, he wasn't. He's was a football player, but you yeah. know, I, I think because of that and, and other issues, he never um, he played a couple of years in the league, had a cup of coffee. But this is a guy that had the talent to be pretty good. Yeah, it's you know trust is so important. This is you know players making millions of dollars, and so there's going to be trust from both ends. I think the most disturbing thing for me, uh, Greg, is that he left the scene of an accident, and so you have to wonder, you know, what was going on? That did he panic and flee? But could there have been something to do to help the, the two people who who died, or what's going well, on? Well, that's that you got a valid point with. Was there something that could have been done to help? Mm-hmm. But to the best of my knowledge, and trust me, I'm not standing up for the guy. Sure. He wasn't in the accident. So how could he leave the scene of an accident? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Sure. I mean, do you understand what I'm saying there? I do. He wasn't involved in the collision. Mm-hmm. I mean, could what he was doing and what they were doing resulted in it? I, I I don't have the answer to that. I'm not because I, and none of us do. And I'm not going to throw a hypothetical because uh, you know to, to me the narrative. You know that that that's just ridiculous. Let the facts come out. Uh, the kid said he. There we go. What happened? I lost you for a minute. We have a bad internet connection. And Wi-Fi is acting weird. Uh, sunspots okay. or something like okay. that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Sunspots, it's supposed to snow in the next 24 hours. <laughs> I don't know. I just pulled that one out of my ass. <laughs> okay. Don't make me laugh. Okay. <laughs> so I lost you when you, uh, you were saying uh, that there's no evidence that there, were, there, there was anything, you know. Uh... Yeah. I mean, there might be. Who knows if there's witnesses? What? I mean, that stuff hasn't come out. It, it will come out. I'm just saying that. You know, to say he left the scene of an accident when he wasn't involved in the accident, meaning his car didn't hit another car or something like that, then mm-hmm. did he leave? Did he really leave the scene of an accident? Nor was he charged with that. Right. He was right. charged with reckless driving and racing. Right. Exactly. Yes. 
I personally still think he goes in the top 10. You know, but I'm I'm leaving that open to future facts coming out. And and teams got shoot six more weeks right. to find out future facts. Mm-hmm. Well, we wish uh, everyone luck. Obviously, the two people who passed away, uh, our uh, respects to their loved ones. Um, but the business of football has to continue. So we'll see what uh, exactly transpires over the next few weeks, and we'll stay on top of it here. Uh, Dave D. Levine says uh, Jalen Carter can be someone else's headache. I personally think he's overrated. There are some people who think that, you know, Carter is is a great player, but takes too many downs off, uh, can be is not an adherent to the hits principle uh, that is the Chicago Bears credo nowadays. Well, you know, that may be true, but that's that's the case with a lot of defensive linemen coming out of college. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if we want to speak honestly, I, I talked to one guy yesterday, and and he thought he is the one true player, interior player in this draft that has a chance to be an absolute dominant player. He goes, maybe not an Aaron Donald dominant, but and then Dominican Sue dominant when Sue was early in his career. Yeah. And, and so, um, you know, we'll wait and see. And, and uh, you know, the Bears got other options. And, and part of that we're going to start to find out next week when, when you know, they can start negotiating deals on Monday. How by, by Monday night they might have a deal or two struck. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll, we'll find out. Because that always happens. Deals get done before – they can actually be signed. They can't get signed until Wednesday at four o'clock. Right. Well, uh, let's talk about the possibility of a deal being done before free agency. That seems to be heating up. Uh, could some of that just be some posturing by Ryan Poles because he wants to create a, a demand for that pick. And so he's throwing that out there. Or do you really think that we could see the announcement of a major trade of that first overall pick before free agency starts next week? Uh, you know, if it happens, it's the first time it's ever happened. Mm-hmm. You know, and I went back and, and looked at you know, because when the Rams traded up to one, everybody said, wow, this is early. That was April 9th. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like three weeks before the draft. So now you're six weeks before. Mm-hmm. And so could it happen? Yeah. And, and I get why he might want to do it. it it's because then he goes into free agency knowing exactly where he's going to be picking in the draft and can probably attack free agency maybe a little bit differently than he would not knowing right now. Uh, you know, people are going to say, well, the longer he holds out, the, the better the deal. That's not necessarily true. Mm-hmm. Because the same thing as I said about him, what he could be thinking, other teams could be thinking too. Hey, we know we're going to do it. Why don't we do it? And then we can start planning, you know, do our planning accordingly instead of waiting, you know, and, and having to see six weeks from now what happens. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, 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 I've known Peter King a long time and Peter, both Peter King and Albert Breer, uh, both wrote articles about this in Football Morning in America and Monday Morning Quarterback on Monday. They both met with Poles and Flues, 
uh, you know, for quite a bit of time. And not a doubt in my mind, that was totally by design on Paul's part. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I've known Peter. Peter and I go back into the mid-80s. Peter was the beat writer for the Giants when I was a young scout for the Giants. And uh, he was a beat writer for Newsday. Mm-hmm. And so he was there every day, you know, at training camp and stuff. And so I got to know Peter then. And, and um, you know, we converse every once in a while, text a lot. But I sent him a text and I said, Peter, I said, after talking to polls, is it your opinion that he was posturing, trying to up the ante? Or do you think he's really got a 24 and a 25 number one in the bag? He said, I think he has it. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so now, does that mean that's the best deal? Yeah. And, and, and you know, for, for draft next year, oh, yeah, you're going to take those ones all the time. Well, maybe you don't know where those ones are going to end up. They could be high ones. They could be low ones. But don't forget, if, if, if that's the case, it's the deal is probably Carolina. Mm-hmm. You know, just – looking at how things fall because that's the team that would probably have to give up that and something mm-hmm. to get to number one. So by dropping from one down to nine, what do you, what are you giving up in value with your first pick? You know, and, and, yeah. you know, you're, you're, you're taking yourself out of, some of these elite players, Jalen Carter might fall back in your lap at nine for all we know. You know what I mean? Exactly. And, and, you know, uh, the, but people like uh, Tyree Wilson, now he's still, you know, we don't know the results of the medical, uh, but he had a, from what I understand, it was a fifth metatarsal, mm-hmm. which for defensive linemen, offensive linemen generally isn't that severe an injury. My experience more severe with skill players. So um, he, and, and there's a bunch of skill players that have, have no problem with it. It just, you know, it's sometimes you have a problem with it rebreaking and then having to have another screw inserted, but right. you know, that's, that's not, not even a 50 50 mm-hmm. type um, situation. But anyway, you, you, you got to weigh that now. Polls on record saying, well, there's like seven guys we feel are blue chip players. Mm-hmm. Well, can you get one of the, if you're at nine, can you get one at, at seven? Well, I guarantee you, maybe only one or two of those are quarterbacks. So I'm going to say, yeah, because you know what? Four quarterbacks are going in that area. Or mm-hmm. I, I put it this way, I'm going to be surprised if four don't go. Yeah. Okay. Okay, and and the guy who's getting hot, and and I am not a believer that, you know, your stock rises at the combine, never have been. But the guy who's getting hot because he supposedly interviewed well and the workout didn't hurt him was Richardson. And, you know, people are saying, well, this could be Josh Allen. You could Mm -hmm. be Lamar Jackson, um, who both – had accuracy concerns coming out of college and, you know, turned into pro bowl caliber players, take their teams to playoffs. So why can't he repeat that? 
you know, so that's the, I, I, I think if you don't have the success with Allen and with, with Lamar Jackson that they've had, be a moot point, but there has been success. So it's, you got something to, to go back to, to fall on. Mm-hmm. There's a prototype, so to speak. Right. And, and I think also uh, Justin Fields might help Anthony Richardson's cause because what the Bears did with him as the centerpiece of the run game uh, with Richardson, you could potentially replicate that. And he's bigger and stronger than Justin Fields and, and as fast, if not faster. So that, that could really help propel Anthony Richardson up draft boards at this point. I mean, you, I think you've said it for months. I know Danny Shimon has said it, that Richardson was going to be a top 10. Do you think that potentially he's moved up to the top five? You know, I, I don't know. Eric Galco, I work with at the East West. He tweeted out this morning. He thinks quarterbacks are going one, two, three. Mm, wow. Okay. So, and, and that means there's, there's one left. Mm-hmm. Now, if, if Eric's right, that bodes well for the trade market for the Bears. Now, do I think a trade's going to happen? Absolutely. And like we just said earlier, mm-hmm. based on my text discussion with Peter, uh, he firmly believes that, that Poles has got a uh, got two number ones. You know, he's got a deal with two number ones in the bag is one of his deals. Yeah. And, and so – you know, now we just got to wait and and put it this way for him to put that out there and not have it. Yeah. And then perhaps getting caught in a lie. That wouldn't be good. I tweeted out yesterday. You might've saw it. And I really honestly believe this because I, I thought about it is he's 37 years old. He's only a second year as GM and his whole freaking legacy is going to be on this trade. I saw that. Yes. Yeah. I agree with you. This is what's going to make or break him. No doubt about it. Yeah, I mean, you know, it it it, it could make him a superstar. Mm-hmm. Could make him a chump, you know, depending on. And it's not what he gets back; it's a combination of what he gets back and what he does with it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Fifty days until the draft. Robert reminds us. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, by the way, I I posted a, a video of you describing uh, the traits that the Chicago Bears are looking for in their offensive linemen, athletic offensive linemen. You told us what to look for in the 40, the 10-yard split, and so forth. That tweet got a lot of great reaction and retweets, and, and it was just an example of, of how well you know this team, how well you know the game of football. So who at the combine from the offensive lineman standpoint really impressed you, maybe fell into a lot of those buckets? I know John Gaines was a guy who was top five in all of the testing uh, for offensive linemen. You know, so- I, I, I got to do more work on him, so I can't yeah. comment on him. But just as, as a group, some of the guys I wrote down, like everybody likes Peter Skaronsky from from Northwestern. <laughs> but – you know, I've been saying going back to August, he's not going to be a tackle in the NFL. He's going to be a guard. Yeah. And and we're going to find out for sure at the combine because that's going to be the time he gets his arms measured. His arms came in at 32 and a quarter. Mm. And 32 and a quarter doesn't make the cut line. Yeah. The cut there's, line there's is 33? 33. And, and 33 is the minimum. There's two tackles in the league right now, starters that are playing with less than 33 
inch arms. So that's out of 64. So, I mean, it tells you what the, what the, what the norm is. Uh, you prefer over 34. And, mm-hmm. you know, so I, I think you, I think the guy you compare Skaronsky with is um, kid from Notre Dame a few years ago. And, who's been a perennial pro bowler for the Dallas Cowboys. Zach Martin. Zach Martin had, and Zach had 32 and a half inch arms, played starting left tackle for three years at Notre Dame. Oh. Uh, 32 and a very good player mm-hmm. right, at, at, at tackle, but he wasn't going to play tackle in the NFL, not with 32 and a half inch arms. And he's six foot four. <clears> and that's what Peter is, six foot four. And he's, his arms are a quarter inch shorter. You know, put him on the rack for 24 hours, you might get a 32 and a half. But you know, he's pretty athletic, mm-hmm. but does that mean he might not go in the top 10? I, I don't know. That's for different team. They're going to look at his value and say, hey, I don't care if he's a guard. I mean, you know, Nelson from Notre Dame went at, at what, five or six overall mm-hmm. uh, by the Colts, and he was a guard. So mm-hmm. why couldn't Skoransky go at a guard at that high? So I, I think it's it's really going to get down to the team who's – up to bat and they're ready to pick and they're going to say, Hey, this guy's going to be a top level player for us. I don't care if he's a guard or, or a tackle. I'm taking him. <laughs> okay. So um, I'm, by the way, I'm, I'm a lot of questions today. So why don't you get through some of your uh, impressive guys and then we'll butt in with some questions in, in a few minutes. Okay. Well, you know, I, I, I preach this all the time. You're expected to do well at the combine. You've spent six to eight weeks at a at a prep school performance camp doing nothing but getting ready for the combine. Mm-hmm. Okay, you have no excuses if you don't do well. So there there is an expectation on there. So the stuff that you know you people say that uh, oh this guy bumped up two rounds because of his great workout. That's nonsense. That doesn't happen. They're supposed to meet expectations, but. There's also guys that don't quite meet expectations. You expected a little better workout and, and maybe you say that's average or, you know, so, and, and so really I, I came out with, with a few of those and some of them haven't completed their workout. They'll do it at their pro day. And frankly, I don't blame them. I mean, it, it's the combine can be very wearing on a guy. It's very, it's more stressful and strenuous Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, between the interviews and, and uh, the test taking and the medicals and everything else. So, you know, they, they got a busy four or five days there when they're down there. Um, but let's talk with a local guy, John Michael Smiths, University of Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I thought his workout was average. I expected a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So I think it hurts where he's going now. I think he's still a solid two. Mm-hmm. Okay, but... I thought he would be a little bit more athletic than he was. That's all, just for, for my expectations. Broderick Jones from Georgia, the left tackle, is damn good. Um, Georgia listed him at 6'4". So then the question is, is he really 6'4", and how, what's his length going to be? Well, he isn't 6'4", he's 6'5". <laughs> how that happened? <laughs> and, you know, he's he's got... 34 and a half inch or 34 and eighth inch arch. He's built for the left tackle spot. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and so, and he ran four, nine, seven. Mm-hmm. So take him whatever the, I mean, he, 
he he showed what he had to show and and did well. Yeah, I was Paris Johnson only did uh, the bench and the long jump. And actually, the long jump was was pretty darn good for a big guy because he weighed 320 pounds and he's like six foot six and he's got real, real, real long arms, like 36 inch arms or something. Uh, but he had a nine-two long jump. Did twenty-nine on the bench. Now twenty-nine on the bench with arms that long—that is impressive. No. So um, I think if there's an offensive lineman that the Bears could take, depending on how far down they go, because I know defensive line is the is the priority, that could be the guy. Yeah. And he's played right tackle. Mm-hmm. You know, he played left tackle only one year, and so. And doesn't hurt that he's uh, pretty good friends with QB1. Yeah, indeed. So, um, like Matthew Bergeron from Syracuse measured the way I thought he would, 6'5", 318. Uh, he still has to do the agilities and run, but he had a 30-and-a-half vertical, which is, again, you know, excellent. Just watching him do some of the stuff, he, he, he moves pretty good. Um, Dewan Jones only ran the 40, didn't do the other stuff, ran a, a, a five, three, five, which was actually a little faster. I thought he'd probably run closer to five, four, five or five, five, but he weighed 374 pounds and he looked stiff running and he plays stiff. So I'm not saying he's not going to be a high pick because of the right scheme. He can be a pretty darn good player. But it isn't going to be here because he just does not have the athleticism. And speaking of that, as long as I, I just brought that up, there's all these people know Orlando Brown didn't get tagged. Right. Oh, that's going to be the guy the Bears go. No, it's not. <laughs> he can't play in this scheme. End of discussion. <laughs> Nobody on the Kansas City, neither of the two tackles were both free agents, mm-hmm. are, are good fits for this scheme. So, yeah, we've been getting questions on Orlando Brown, so I'm glad you brought that up. Now, the question is, is doesn't Kansas City run the similar screen, uh, scheme? And so, no. Okay. No, that, that, that's why – and you go back to when when Nagy first came in, he hired Harry Heastan to be this offensive line coach. And Harry preaches more or less an outside zone type scheme. And – Harry and, and Nagy weren't on the same page. Mm-hmm. And so Nagy fired him after two years and brings in Juan Castillo. And what does Juan do? Juan goes, you know, brings in the elephants. Now, you know, the history, Juan was Andy Reid's offensive line coach for years and years and years in Philly. Mm-hmm. You know, it's um, more of a gap offensive line Type swing, you're not asked to play out in space like you are in this scheme, so you can get away. You know, Orlando Brown is a really good fit for that scheme, but he's not a good fit for this scheme. So, and I'll go back to you know my conversation with Ryan Poles out at the East West because I asked him about Wiley, the right tackle, okay, and like he said. I, it wasn't even a second after I got the question out. Not a scheme fit. Well, if Wiley's not a scheme fit, Brown sure as hell isn't. 
Right. Brown is go back to Brown's combine, mm -hmm. and it's only the worst combine on record. Oh my goodness! By any offensive lineman. <laughs> yes, it was ugly. <laughs> okay, so <clears throat> not saying he's not a great player. He is. Yes, indeed. But he's got to play in the right scheme. Yeah. And yeah. and so people say, well, change the scheme. Well, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. He hired Luke Getze because of the scheme. Mm -hmm. and, and, and part of the thing, like Pep Hamilton um, interviewed for the job. And Pep told me right after the interview, he goes, he's going to hire Getze. Mm -hmm. He goes, that's what he wants. That's the scheme he's looking for. He found it difficult to defense that scheme. Yeah. You've, and you've got to stay committed to the scheme. You can't make exceptions in roles. Ryan Post talked about that. You start making – well, no, it was, was it was you. You had the, a Twitter uh, comment about – who was it, Parcells? You keep making exceptions. I forgot what the quote is. Do you recall? Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you keep making exceptions, you're going to have a team full of exceptions. <laughs> exactly. And it didn't mean exceptional. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and, and, and so you, you, you got to adhere to a philosophy. Yeah. And, you know, if people say, well, you're supposed to play to the strengths of the player. That's true to an extent, but don't draft a player that can't play what you're yeah. trying to do. Exactly. You know, you can't put a square peg into a round hole. Yeah, it becomes a mishmash of uh, right. talent there. Uh, while we're on the uh, topic of the Kansas City Chiefs free agent, uh, Frank Clark is getting a lot of attention, and Pappas wants to know the scouting report on Frank Clark and John Hargrave. Would they be good? I, I, I don't have one on on Frank Clark. Um, I, how old is Frank now? Like thirty one? I think Frank Clark is thirty. Yeah, thirty or thirty one. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah, I, I would say that's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. Okay. Hargrave, there's one guy that is north of 30, and Hargrave just turned 30 a, a month ago, right. if that, um, that I think the Bears could go after, and that's Hargrave. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of it, and I, I, I admit I'm throwing a dart at the wall here, because I know he wants to be young. Why sign a guy and have to pay him a lot of money when, when the team you want is still a couple years away and by that time, that guy could be done. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, but I think Ian Cunningham's report feelings on this guy will have a lot to say with that. He was with Hargrave for a few years in Philly, so he knows the player. Um, so his inside information on the player uh, will know, and that will determine whether they make an offer. And, you know, they're not going to tell us. And let's be frank. Mm -hmm. They're already talking. It wouldn't shock me if they already got deals pretty close to consummated. Mm -hmm. Not supposed to happen. But, you know, every, don't tell me it doesn't happen because it does. Mm -hmm. You know, because <laughs> what time on Monday does the negotiation window open? Noon? I think so, yeah. Well, whatever. With, within an hour, you're going to hear deals are done. And you're going to say they got hammered out in the last hour? Mm -hmm. I mean, it, look how long it took to take get Daniel Jones' deal done. And that was just, just yesterday. Yeah. And they'd been working on it a week. Yeah. Well, and uh, I was watching NFL Network. They promoted free agency frenzy uh, for Sunday. So Sunday, right. 
yeah. So there's going to be activity being announced there, and this will be. This well, there won't be there won't be any activity announced because you you can't announce that. Then that's blatant yeah. tampering. Then okay, but okay, but can I call you on my second cell phone and and talk <laughs> because they might <laughs> want to check the what was going on my my real cell phone, you know, and, and make a deal. Yeah. <laughs> If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying, man. I mean, you know. <laughs> um, I remember when we were there, we, we got hit with something. Uh, and I don't remember what it was. And we got fined a little bit. And and Jerry goes, from now on, we're rules guys. And, <laughs> and we joke about that. We're rules guys. We mm -hmm. don't break rules. You know, but it's. Uh, they've already got it lined up. This, this is the guy, this is number one, this is number two, number three, and they probably already got figured out we aren't going to get this guy. We got a good shot of this guy. Mm -hmm. Now, whether the actual deal is done, uh, you know, the I's are dotted, the T's are crossed, remains to be seen. But I'll tell you, by, by Monday afternoon, not going to shock me if at least two are done. Mm. All right. Let me get another couple of questions uh, in here. Uh, Mr. Shorty wants to know, is there a particular player that you thought really raised his stock the most uh, at the Combine? Somebody, uh, Perhaps Richardson, right? Well, no, I mean, everybody knew he was going to be an athlete. He's an exceptional athlete. He really is. The other thing is, you know, I, I, I sent a text to DJ, Daniel Jeremiah, uh -huh. because they were – I mean, he runs a 4-4-4. Four, 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 and everybody's blowing that up, like, and, and using comparisons to guys from other combines. Mm -hmm. So I sent DJ a text. They go, DJ, two years ago, Justin Fields ran 444. They didn't have a combine. You guys are leaving out the guy who's a better athlete. Personally, I think, I think you know, Justin ran once, if I recall, and, and then that's it. 44, I'm done. And uh, you watch him on the field, he's 43. Mm -hmm. That is an explosive dude. So, um, and and DJ sent me back a text right away. He goes, "Good point." Now I don't know if they they ever brought it up after that, but you know, it, to compare one combine to the next, I get it. There is no combine for Justin Fields. There's no combine for everybody in the 21 draft. They didn't have them. Yeah. So, um, you know, those guys. Some of those guys could have had. Uh, freak workouts. Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons at a pro day had a freak pro day. You're not, you're not going to, you don't see it compared when you talk about, and there's a guy I'm going to bring up as a, as a comp to Micah Parsons when we get to the edge players. Okay. Well, uh, why don't we get there now? Okay. Well, one, one other guy on, on the defensive line I wanted to bring up okay. was uh, Anton Harrison. Oh, and, yes. And, and you know, his tape at Oklahoma is good. He's only been a left tackle, but he weighed like 318, 319. But it comes out in the morning, you know, they, people are tweeting out height, weight, arm length, wingspan, and like 31 and a half inch arms. And I was like, what the fuck? You know, I mean, that can't, can't be right. Because right away, the, the air comes out of the balloon then. You know, if, if that's what his arm length really was, well, it turned out it was 34 and an eighth. Okay. Just a, a a misprint, but that that's a good player. Yeah, he's good. He is good. 
you brought you brought him to my attention uh, weeks ago, and so I've looked at some of his video and outstanding. Uh, all right, you want to talk Edge players? Yeah, we'll talk to a, a, a guy. I mean, really had a. Are we going to have to throw this show out and start all over again? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's going on here. This is weird. Pay I've your damn bill. Quite... <laughs> <laughs> and, well, the thing is, is I, I see myself fine, but you're the one that's freezing. And then uh, on the other end, well, it's that, I get this. I get this black screen with a circle going in it for where the you're circle. and where I am. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, we could both like jump like it's off re like it's rebooting like it's rebooting. Yeah. Okay. See, I'm not seeing that. What I'm seeing is you, you know, doing this. Uh, so no, I'm not I, sure. I, no, what, I'm what, seeing. I'm seeing you do that too. Yeah. Right. It's weird. Well, let's fight through this. Uh, okay. Uh, that last player that you mentioned, I uh, didn't get the name. You said he Nolan was Smith. Okay. Nolan, yes. Okay. So Nolan Smith, he from Georgia. Now he. I think he only had like four and a half, five sacks, but Georgia plays a rotation. Uh -huh. So that's going to hurt. And, and I'm big on, on production. If you're going to draft a guy to play the edge, you better have some freaking sacks, mm -hmm. you know? So, but then I went back, I go, okay, let's, let's look at a little bit of this. And, and Micah Parsons. Now, one of the things that I didn't like about Smith was his arm, like 32 and five ace. Yeah. 32 and five ace. Again, it's like the tackle. You want at least 33. The common denominator with most, you know, very good pass rushers is long arms. There's always exceptions. And this guy is a, a rare athlete. Micah Parsons was six pounds heavier mm -hmm. and an inch shorter arms. He's, but now I, I got to say this. And, and cause I guarantee if you took him to the combine, they'd be like, he measured 31 and a half at, at Penn State's Pro Day, which is terrible. And, but, you know, at the combine, they're real strict. I think that's a, a measurement that can get screwed up so easily, depending on, you know, where you place the, uh, the end of the tape. And so what Scout was doing it, how much experience did he have doing arm length and, and hand width, et cetera, because the, you look at the guy and his arms dwindled out by his side, you know, he looks like a long arm guy, but mm -hmm. yet at the Penn state pro day, he had 31 and a half inch arms. This guy had 32 and five ace. So he's got an inch longer arms, but he's so fast and so explosive. You got to figure he can get bigger. Um, so I, I think, he outperformed, you know, I don't think anybody expected him to run, you know, four, three, nine. That's amazing. You know, so that's explosive. Anderson was pretty much what I expected. Four, six, oh, he, he only ran once four, six, oh, he was six, like six, three and seven, a, so he's six, four, 253 pounds. He's got almost 34 inch arms. He's fine, but he'll do all the rest at the Alabama pro day in another Three weeks, two and a half, three weeks. Um, Keon White. He only did the the vertical and the long jump. Thirty-one vertical, which is excellent. Nine-nine long jump, excellent. And he benched thirty reps. He's also six-five, two eighty-five. Mm. For me and this team, he's a three technique and might be a great three technique. Yeah, 
Danny Shimon said the same thing in his barroom draft exclusive. Yeah, and 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 I said that I think when we were doing the edge players because mm -hmm. when I first saw him, I, I said this guy's a three, and mm -hmm. and you know, I got a little experience on this because we drafted Henry Melton, mm -hmm. who was a defensive end, and we moved into the three. Right, and you know, so you're looking for the traits to play the position. It's not necessarily a position they played in college. Do they have the ability to play the position that you want them to play? Mm -hmm. And I think Keon White can be a heck of a three. Mm -hmm. um, I, uh, go ahead. I was just going to say, um, you were talking about arm measurements, and I don't want to lose this question. Because we've talked about how those measurements are taken, but this is an interesting point by Mike Ibsen. He says, do you take the measurements to the fingertips or to the palms? He's wondering Three because when, he says when you're punching your fingers, when you're punching, your fingers are irrelevant. So why not take it to the palm or to the wrist or to – Because then you're getting subjective. Uh, okay. So you're going like this, right? Mm -hmm. Well, where's the actual, where's the actual bend? Mm -hmm. Is it here? Is it here? You know how much that is? That's three quarters of an inch. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now when you put your arm out like this, now I, I know you can't see the end of my arm. Sure. You're going to the tip of, of your middle finger. Okay. That ain't changing. Yeah. The important part is where you start over here and it's mm -hmm. supposed to be at the AC joint. Mm -hmm. You know, if they skip that, then a guy can end up being shorter, uh, you know, have shorter arms than, and that's what I think happened with Micah Parsons. I think they did a poor job measuring his arms. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. I wanted to clear that up because I thought he made a good point, but you, you make an even better one. It, it is subjective if you pick an area <laughs> as opposed to the actual end of a finger. Good stuff. All right. Uh, con please continue with your evaluations. Well, let, just to go back on that, when they do the wingspan, Mm -hmm. players put their arms out like this and it's fingertip to finger, middle finger to middle finger. Right. Right. Okay. So, and, and they get the total wingspan and you want the wingspan to be longer than the guy is tall. Oh, okay. I did not know that. Yes. So you, you gotta, you, and some of it has to do with balance, but you know, like if you get a guy who's six, four, so that's 76 inches. Mm-hmm. And he's got a 78-inch wingspan. Mm -hmm. He's in good shape. Um, a quick question just came in here. For wide receivers, does it matter? Zay Flowers has 29-inch arms. Is that a concern? Not. He's, he's five foot nine too. No. Yeah. It's more of a concern if he was a corner. Okay. So just uh, run those routes and catch that ball. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, a guy, he only – Measured. I don't know if he was. I think he did drills, but he didn't do the measurable stuff. Felix Anodike Uzoma is that how you say his name from Kansas State? Yes. But he was. I think came in a little bit bigger than anticipated. Mm -hmm. He was six three, two fifty five. I think he's a ferocious pass rusher, mm -hmm. and I really liked him when we talked about him mm -hmm. uh, for our premium shows. And you know now, you know the the draft Nick world is catching up and now you're seeing them in, in the bottom of the first round. Just mm -hmm. took them a little while to, to catch on. Uh, Will McDonald still has to work out, but he did jump real good. I think I, did I get 39 foot. No, I think it's a 34 inch vertical. It might be 39. I can't read my own writing. Uh, but he had a, uh, and a, a 10 foot long jump or 11 foot long jump, excuse me. 
-hmm. at 6'4", 239. He's um, very, very explosive. Obviously got to get bigger. Uh, you know, he's a guy that really in, in the Iowa State defense, he was playing a five technique at, you know, 235 to 240 pounds. Um, I'll be interested to see what he runs. But when you jump like that, generally speaking, guys who jump really well run really fast. There's one guy so far I found, it's in the corner group, that had great time and then his jumps didn't measure up to his time. Mm -hmm. But usually they go hand in hand. Uh, let's see. And Isaiah Foskey, I think, outperformed what anticipated. He ran really well, mm -hmm. worked out really well. So uh, I think that he, he put it this way, it didn't hurt. The combine didn't hurt him. It probably helped him a little bit because he's for 260-something pounds, he's very, very athletic. Okay. Okay, defensive tackles. Mm -hmm. um, how about the star of the show, our guy from Northwestern? Uh, I, I'd, uh, I'd, uh, man, I almost had it. I, I've been rehearsing the pronunciation of his name. I'm not going to attempt it now because I want to. I want the, the next time I say the name, I want to nail it. Hey, Boro, I, 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 you know, <laughs> he's going to have to tell me. Double A. I want to find out when the Northwestern Pro Day is. It's probably next week or something. I, because I might want to watch that. But I mean, you know, the only thing he doesn't have is, is great height. But yeah. you know, you're six oh one six. He's two eighty two. He's two eighty five at the Senior Bowl. 449, 37 and a half inch vertical, 10 5 long jump. That's an explosive dude now. That's early second round. Oh, yeah. Easy. Yeah. Easy. And um, you know what? The 3 4 teams aren't going to like him as much. Shit, he could go higher than that. The, the guy's a hell of a player. He really is. You know, but he really. You know, they had him playing outside there. He's not an outside guy when you look at his build. But then when he worked out, he said, well, shoot, why isn't he? Mm -hmm. You know, with that kind of speed. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love watching him play. And, you know, he, he brings up an interesting question, I think. You know, you just mentioned he played at – uh, outside at Northwestern. Now, clearly, he's going to be a different player in the NFL because they're going to move him move him into that three tech. At least most teams will will probably who who run that scheme will move him there. So that is all about projection. You know, if you if you're looking at him as an outside defensive lineman, then maybe he's low second round or third round. But when you start thinking of him as a three tech, all of a sudden, holy cow, this guy could even sneak into the first round, right? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, you're looking at the you're looking at the traits to play the position, right? <clears throat> and and you don't see what you don't see on you don't see a lack of effort or a lack of a motor on tape. This mm -hmm. guy's a warrior mm -hmm. in the games. Now, there was one game that I recall that I watched where he played a lot inside mm -hmm. and played really well, and that was the Nebraska game. Okay, you know, so it's not like it's going to be totally new to him. And there were situations where they'd get into their sub package and instead of having them outside, they'd have them inside, you mm -hmm. know, rushing the passer. And then when I first saw that, I think it was August when I started doing them for Mike, is, is, is that's when it grabbed me and go. In fact, I said it on a show. I said, I think I just saw the three technique we want. And, and 
you know, this is back in August when we were talking about training camp and, and I just brought up his name and that was it. But, you know, that's what I'm looking for, guys. And there's one other guy. I'll bring it up right now. Not a doubt in my mind. For the Bears, he's a three technique. Okay. And I didn't like him at first. One, because he didn't start. But I didn't consider they didn't like him. I guess I wasn't buying in. But then the more I watched, and then you see how he plays, Van Ness from Iowa, who's another local kid, Bolingbrook. Mm-hmm. That's a three. That's a three in the making. Mm-hmm. You know, he's... 265, 267, something like that. He'll be 285 in a heartbeat because he's chiseled. And he's explosive. And, and But the way he plays, he doesn't play like an edge guy. He mm. plays, and, and his best plays are inside. He just got to get a little bigger when he gets up here. But, um, you know, he plays with reckless abandon. But you say, well, why wasn't he starting at Iowa? I was got why they have, you know, my opinion, you play the best players, but they got this cast system, you know, and, and, and Um, seniors play before. And this guy had two more years of eligibility. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. He's just scratching the surface. Mm. Yeah. He's an interesting player. No doubt about it. Yeah. Um, I I think Brian Brisset or Bracey actually worked out, came in a little lighter and worked out a little better that I anticipated, but I still don't think he can be a three. He's a one. Yeah. He had an excellent workout, man. He, he, yeah. he ran really well. Yeah. He ran a, like a four, nine, seven or something like that and, yeah. and moved around pretty good, but he wasn't, you know, on tape, he looked a little chubby. I thought he was going to be three fifteen, three eighteen, and mm-hmm. he's lighter than that and uh, moved pretty good. And, and so um, I, I feel better about him knowing that that's what's in him, that that's the kind of athleticism he has. Mm-hmm. The guy, to me, I don't know what to think. And, and, and I had a text conversation last night and this morning with Brian Baldinger about this guy. Okay. Is Kalajic Kansi. <laughs> He's a popular okay. man in the chat room. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I know that. But do you know what his arm length was? I know people are like, well, Talks about arm like well, you know why they take the measurement because it's fucking important. <laughs> <laughs> if it didn't mean anything, they wouldn't do the measurement. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, so is that worrisome? The fact that his arms uh, are just slightly over thirty inches. Okay, thirty and five inches hard. Now people want to compare him to Aaron Donald. Mm-hmm. Aaron Donald's arms are two inches. Brian said, and you know, we weren't arguing. I was going back and, 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 and to be honest, that's where I started looking up trying to find a comp, and that's where I found the 31 and a half inch arms on, on Micah Parsons. Was you know, because usually great pass rushers are got length to them. And mm-hmm. you know, Brian was saying his hands are so quick and so strong that I think you'll be able to overcome it. Mm-hmm. But now I go back to when you talk to flus or you talk to poles and, and they're looking for speed and length, speed, mm-hmm. strength, and length. Well, he's got the speed. He's got the strength. Where's the length? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so to me, he's a wild card. 
And and there's going to be some teams that just with, with arms that short, they're just not going to touch them. Uh, I don't know where, you know, does he go where he should go? His play says he should go high, mm-hmm. but I can't find a starter and I got to look harder in the league, an interior defensive lineman in the league that has arm length under 31 inches. Yeah, it's amazing. Somebody asked how long uh, Tommy Harris's arm length was, and I did a quick 32 check. 32 and a half. Look at that. Th- even better than what I found online. 32 and a half. No, yeah, we were 30, 32 and a half. And, and, and Tommy ran 468. Oof. Oh, man. That is outstanding. Um, all right. Are you ready for some questions here before we get you out of here? No, we got we to do more guys here. All right. I love the attitude. This guy is a fighter. Looking through. <laughs> um, corner. Yes. As a group, mm-hmm. athletically, really good. Just to have the, 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 the raw skills. Okay. Okay. So, and I think the two guys who outperformed what was anticipated both come from the same school. Jacorian mm-hmm. Bennett. And Deontay Banks from Maryland. Okay. And I, I got a friend of mine that works at Maryland. I called him yesterday. I worked with him in the XFL. He's a uh, former DB coach. He's a former DB himself. Mm-hmm. Played in the Canadian League. Wasn't good enough to make it in our league, but he knows his shit. <laughs> and, he's, and I called him yesterday, and, and he said, they are the real deal. And... You know, with, with, with Banks, mm-hmm. it's, you know, he, he said probably not where he needs to be maturity-wise yet. Mm-hmm. You know, he's still – but – and he wasn't saying that as a, as a negative, just as a, like a matter of fact. Uh, but this guy, he's, he's, he's six foot, 190-plus pounds, ran a 4'3", has a, over a 40-inch – Vertical jump over an eleven foot long jump. He's got thirty one and three eighths inch arms. What the hell? That's what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. You know that you don't draw him up any better than that. And and then the other guy. And when I'm talking to Smoke yesterday on the phone, he goes, "But the other guy's better." <laughs> That's right, Jacorian Bennett. Bennett. Yeah, <laughs> and he goes. <laughs> now here's the interesting thing. I was going to save this little nugget for later, but, and I don't know if it means anything or it doesn't, mm-hmm. but you know, coach these guys two years ago. Oh no. Somebody from the bear staff, John Hoke. Look at that. The returning champion, John Hoke. <laughs> I love it. John Hoke was a DC at Maryland. Everybody. Circle those two cornerbacks on draft day because one of them could be coming to Chicago. <laughs> now cool. he, he's he's got more time with Banks than than uh, Bennett because Bennett was a JC transfer. Gotcha. Okay. Okay, but um, yeah, and and John is a great one guy. I really enjoyed working with with John Hope. I got a ton of respect for him as as a position coach. And not only, you know, there's a lot of coaches that aren't great evaluators. He's a great evaluator. Mm-hmm. He knows talent. He knows what he's looking for. And so, you know, I haven't talked to 
John about these guys, but he, um, I just, you know, you try to play connect the dots mm -hmm. and he's, he's worked with both of them. He knows them. He's coached them. Now, does that mean the bears are going to take them? I don't know. I just know that, you know, there's a, there's a connection. Mm -hmm. You know, Christian Gonzalez went in being the number one corner and came out being the number one corner. You know, I think he worked out better than anticipated. You know, he ran four three eight four. Another, I've never saw so many forty inch plus vertical jumps. <laughs> I wonder what they got to be. They got to have some new device that they use in in these uh, performance schools to train these guys for the vert. Yeah, because I mean, I there's never been the number of forty inch jumps like there was this year. Yeah, but this guy's forty one and a half on on the vert, eleven one on the long jump. Um, Emmanuel Forbes, great workout. And one of the guys I was talking to yesterday, I called him about it because I know he made a school call. He's got great ball skills. He's got height. He's got length. He ran four, three, five. He's six, one and weighs 166 pounds. Oh you know, boy. He's built like this pen. You know, so, <laughs> you know, so the question on him is, is he going to hold up? Mm -hmm. But his ball skills are as good as anybody in this draft. Wow. Now, I thought, and we haven't done the corners yet, so I, I, um, mm -hmm. I yeah, we haven't had a chance to converse about him. <clears throat> I thought when I did him, and I was estimating when I did him on tape, 180, 182, knew he was thin. I said he's going to have to get bigger and stronger to hold up against the run in, in the NFL. And then he comes in at 166. I mean, how many 166-pound corners are there in the league besides none? Mm -hmm. And and on top of that, it's not a, like a 5'11", 166. It's a 6'1", 166. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's a skinny dude. So, it, to me, that's some wild card. Now, I mentioned a little while ago a guy who, whose jumps didn't match his speed, and that's Kaylee Ringo from Georgia. Yeah, what's his deal with him? Ringo was – you know, great six two, got good weight. Ran a four three six, but he had a thirty three and a half inch vertical and a a decent long jump. Not great, ten foot two. I mean, you'd think he'd be thirty seven, thirty eight, thirty nine, and ten six, ten seven. You know, and, and he and he came in. So that it's just something that you look at. Does it mean a lot? No, you're gonna. Hey, he ran four three. That's all that matters. Mm -hmm. uh, but he's not – he's more fast and explosive. That's, I guess, the best way of putting it. Okay. Because the jumps show the uh, explosiveness. And uh, the other guy, and I got to do some more tape on, on DJ Turner. People thought he was going to be strictly a, a slot corner. I think mm -hmm. he's, he's shown he can play – he's big enough to play outside or inside, and he ran a 4-2-6. <laughs> and – Another guy, you know, 38 and a half vertical, 10 foot, uh, 10 foot, what was it? 10 foot, 11 long jump. Mm -hmm. these incredible workouts for some of these guys. Unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, very, very impressive. All right. You, what else you got? Are you ready for some questions? Wide receivers. Oh, we can't miss the wide receivers because I am desperate to hear who you like. Well, it's not – I mean, the combine doesn't tell you that. I just want to see, you know, guys – okay, I'll, I'll go arrow down a little bit first. Okay. 
Cedric Tillman, who I loved on tape, mm-hmm. played at Tennessee, and he was hurt most of this year. So, but you know, going off of last year's tape, he was a better receiver at Tennessee than Bayless Jones. Mm-hmm. Better pure receiver. Not as bad. But he only ran four five five. You know, which was I, I thought he was going to be faster than that. So Jordan Addison, first time he runs, he goes four five five. The second time he's four four nine. I think a lot of people thought he'd be in the low four fours or maybe in the in the high four threes because that's the way he plays. Mm-hmm. Kajan Boutte, who's got some impressive tape. I'm 72. I can out jump him. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> like a 28 inch vertical jump or something like that. Come on, give me a break. <laughs> um, oh, it, <laughs> Supposed to be talking like this. Supposed to be hurting. <laughs> That's right. So Take it easy. Those, those, those. I had arrow down at Ronnie Bell. I, I, I expected from Michigan. I expected a better workout from. Yeah, I, you know, I thought Ronnie would be in the four fours. He was a four five five, but he had a thirty eight and a half inch vertical jump. Mm-hmm. So he's got explosiveness to him, and he plays explosive. You know, he, he was he tore his ACL. The first quarter of the first game, 2021 season. Mm-hmm. And so missed all of 221, came back, had a really strong year for Michigan last year. And his tape from this past year, very impressive. It's, you know, how was the surgery? And that's the medical really is, is that because, uh, you know, he still might be faster. He plays faster than 455, but right now that's the time we got. Okay. Um, Jalen Reed, who's a local kid. Um, Michigan State, he didn't jump as good as I like. It. I think it was 33 and a half. I got 10 1 in the long jump, but he ran 4 4 5. He looks more explosive on tape than he showed at the combine workouts. Okay. So that was a little bit of, a, I, I like the player, just I expected more from a workout standpoint. Now, guys that really perform well, Jalen Hyatt. Um, he's only 176 pounds, but he's got real long arms in around four, four, another guy with 11 foot, 43 inches. I mean, my God, uh, Josh Downs, you know, he's small, he's five, nine, 171, but he ran four, four, eight, 38 and a half, 10 foot, 11. You know, he's, he's a, he's a slot guy. Now the bears are looking, if I'm hearing correctly, you know, another speed guy who gets open, gets separation type of guy. They've got the, their big guys. And so, you know, some of these guys could could fit into that. I don't know exactly what the size requirement is for that other position. Um, so I, is, is five, nine and a half, 171 too small? I don't know. You know, I can't answer that. They'd mm-hmm. have to answer that. And, and, you know, they're not going to tell us their complete profile on, on the offensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave Flowers, you know, another guy's only five foot nine, but he was a lot heavier. He was 10 pounds heavier at the combine than he was at the East West game three weeks before. Wow. He must, he must, he gained the 10 that I lost. Um, <laughs> and, and he ran four, four, two. Mm hmm. So it's like, it's not like he put on fat. He put on good weight. Yeah. Uh, A.T. Perry, who's always been one of my favorites from Wake Forest. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. You know, some people had him down and didn't think he could run. Well, how about four four seven? Eleven foot broad jump, thirty five inch vertical jump. I like that player a lot. Outside receiver. That's a that's an X receiver. I mean, mm. you already you traded for Chase Claypool and you got EQ. I mean, you're probably not gonna take this guy unless you feel he can be that that guy who can get separation consistently. But the one thing, you know, going back to the East West, that's one thing he showed every day in practice was his mm. ability to separate, especially on those shorter routes. Mm-hmm. A T Perry. Trey Palmer. You know, I, I think he was a really good player on a really poor team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they didn't have a quarterback. So that probably hurt his, his production at Nebraska. But this guy is, he's got good size and he runs a 4 3 3. You know, just if, if you look, these guys. I guess I can to use a term we used when Jerry and I were working together. Some people are trait guys, and I think Poles is a trait guy. I don't know Ian, and you look at some of their their, their picks last year. You say, mm-hmm. could that be the? Like the third round receiver. Yeah, you're back now. We're we're back. Yeah, and, and the other one was Marvin Mims, who outperformed what I thought. Five eleven, one eighty three, ran a four three eight, thirty nine and a half inch vert, ten nine long jumps, and and not too many of these guys did the shuttles for some reason. They probably wait till their pro day, but this guy did. He ran a six nine three cone, which is excellent. You know, so uh, another predominantly inside, you know, slot type player. Mm-hmm. But at 5'11", he's got decent. He's got 31 and 5 eighths inch arms on a 5'11 frame. You can play him outside. And he weighed 183. I mean, he's bigger than Mooney, and Mooney's playing outside. Right, right. By the way, uh, thank you to Mr. Shorty for the $5 donation. Uh, and he asked – Tight end over wide receiver in this draft. And, and Greg, I got to tell you, this has been a, a, a growing topic because there's so many intriguing tight ends in this draft. And so perhaps the thinking is, why not pick up one of these young tight ends? You know, I mean, the Sam Laporta from Iowa, if he's available in, in round two, how could you? Oh, you got to be available a lot later than that. Really? Laporta, you think he's uh, yeah. around three? Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, I, you know, I, I figured him as a day three guy, you know, but it, it's the the group as a whole is very strong. Mm-hmm. You could see three go in the first round. Mm-hmm. If and I didn't do that group for this exercise here, but the guy who actually disappointed workout wise was was the Notre Dame kid. Well, Mike Mayor four seven one, but you know that, that's what he is. Yeah. I mean, he, he's a grunk, but he's got shorter arms. Um, he's not particularly explosive where, you know, the guys who are everybody's looking for are like the kid from Utah mm-hmm. and, and, and Washington from Georgia is an athletic freak. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have all their numbers in front of me, but as as a group, that group was pretty good. It's amazing. Um, I can see. I can see them using a day three. You, you got. You got to prioritize your needs. Yeah. See, people want to. They, they want a grab bag, and you can't. You can't play grab bag. Yeah. You know, you you got to prioritize situations, and part of that equation will be answered next week, and going mm-hmm. into the the following week. Okay, then you're going to know what you have, and don't, well, Mr. Shorty says Dalton Kincaid next great tight end. Well, the, the only thing I disagree with is that he's not really a tight end. He's a big wide receiver. He's a move tight end. Mm-hmm. You know, tight ends to me are are like our guy. You know, they're wives. Those are tight ends because they play in tight. Yeah. yeah. Kincaid yeah. plays flexed out. He's a move tight end. But those are the guys that are, are making money. Mm-hmm. And those are the guys that get a lot of catches. So I get it. People want somebody like that well you know you go back and and Getsy came from green bay and at green bay did they ever have a great they, they're some good guys mm-hmm. their, their strength is is the wide receivers and obviously the quarterback um now san francisco has got their guy who's a you know he was a late round guy, you know, you know, but he can run and he's a move guy. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I can see him taking a guy on day three, but I can't see it happen before then. There's just too many other things you got to take care of. Yeah, uh, and Mr. Shorty asks, uh, uh, Kincaid isn't much of a blocker, is he? Because uh, yeah, he's he's more of that wide receiver type. Yeah, no, he you know he'll he'll go in and shadow block and mm-hmm. get in the way. But is he going to, you know, what's my turn? Knock a drunk off a bar stool? Not going to happen. <laughs> okay. Uh, Hair Bear wants to know, uh, and he knows the answer to this, but he, he wants to ask it because he's wondering just like I am, if B. John Robinson is there and maybe he's your set, you, it's your second first round pick. And you see him no. as a sequel. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. All right, moving on. <laughs> when, when's the high? Well, go look at where 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 was polls raised? Uh, polls was raised Kansas uh, City, right? Uh, yeah, and the offensive line is where he Kansas was raised. City. Okay. <laughs> no, oh, but, I love it. but I meant you know where was his career was brought up at Kansas City. Yes. Have you ever seen Andy Reid take a, a running back real high at Kansas City? Well, yeah. Uh, Clyde Clyde Edwards. Afterthought. But Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Oh, you're right. Way. You're right. Okay. So, uh, there, you know. I, you're I, right. You're I right. Would not, I would I, not I, be I, shocked. You got me. <laughs> I would not be shocked. Let's go to. I would. Uh, I'd be totally shocked. Okay. Uh, well, with all the needs that this team has and all of the, you know. Right. Uh, how deep this running back class is. I'm losing you again, buddy. Okay. Uh, testing one, two. Testing one. Am I back now? Yeah. Uh, it, it, yeah, we got it. Yeah. It's no, a no, very – You're going to get a guy who can play. Exactly. Play. It's, exactly. it's going to happen, and yeah. you're going to be happy. I, you, know, the, the, you know, don't force the issue. Mm-hmm. Take care of what you have to do, and you have to take care of the lines. 
in the especially that defensive line. You already got the best run. You got the best running game in the NFL right now. Mm-hmm. Well, so you're Montgomery, gonna draft a running back? Well, yeah, Montgomery isn't signed, so you need to get a well. A, no, he's not, he's not, you you got to either replace him or bring him back. Personally, mm-hmm. I think he's going to be back. I think he's going to find out that there's not that <laughs> much money out there for him, and and he's going to be back. Could I be wrong? Of course, I could be wrong. Sure. That's just the way I see it playing out. Mm-hmm. Creighton uh, Wolfong asks uh, a million-dollar question here. Your thoughts on Blake Freeland? This guy tested so well, but yeah, but he this... plays like shit. Exactly. He's, yeah, I, you know, he's not the, a the tape. Player. Just the tape does not athletically is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll go back and look at more tape, but there's nothing he does on tape that jumps out at me. Mm-hmm. That say, you know, put it this way, I, I just. And it goes back a long time. There's been one BYU offensive lineman that I've liked, mm-hmm. and that's John Tate. And we got him as a free agent, you know, later in his career. Um, you know, I, and I don't know how old this guy is, but most of them are older too mm-hmm. because they go on a mission. Um, so I, I have to find out what his age is. But, I, yeah, I know he's a great athlete, and, and that's intriguing. But, damn, the tape just, you know, gives you a wet noodle. <laughs> Preston Haley wants to know, can Will McDonald put on weight and work in this scheme? You know, it's a great question. And that's the value of having a guy like Jimmy Arthur running the, the strength program. Uh, and we've talked about this before with the way he, you know, uses the bod pod. And, and they use the bod pod at the combine. So they've got, you know, his height and weight, but they also got his lean weight, meaning his muscle weight, and uh, his percentage of body fat. And they got a good look at his frame. So they're going to they're gonna have detailed notes on every one of these guys. This is what he can be in year two. This is what he can be. This is what I can have him at year one. This is where he can be year two. This is where he can be year three, you know, without – using performance enhancing drugs to, to get too big, you know? So um, I, I think he can be 250, 252, 250, maybe not this year, mm-hmm. but I, I think he guys a hell of a player, you know? So I, I wouldn't want to count him out. And, you know, Micah Parsons was 242 pounds. Now Micah Parsons is a hybrid player. You know, on first down, he's playing on his feet as a linebacker, but then the rest of the time, he's a, he's an edge, rushing the passer. So he, he's a different type of player, but he's not this big monster guy. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you look at the tape with McDonald. He knows how to use his hands. You see him two-gap, big 12 offensive tackles yeah. at the line of scrimmage at 238 pounds. Mm-hmm. You know, he's strong. So, he strong. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't have any problems with him. I, I wish he was a little bit bigger. I'd, and I'd like to know what Jimmy, you know, I, I know when, you know, Jimmy was the assistant here and Rusty was a, this, uh, the head strength guy. The detailed analysis we went through on each of these guys, because we'd sit down with these guys. We'd spend a couple days sitting down with these guys and, and saying, okay, this is where this guy can be yada, yada, yada. So we, we, that's all part of the process, mm-hmm. you know? So 
Um, if Jimmy thinks he can get there, he can get there. There you go. All right. Another great question coming in here. This uh, hair bearer uh, asks about Darius Rush. Can we do a, a Devin Hester with him, convert him to wide receiver, and make him the next Devin Hester? What do you think about Darius Rush and that incredible speed he has? Oh, Greg's frozen on me. I wonder if I'm live by myself or maybe Greg is live by himself. Let's see. Greg, Greg, Greg. Bill should be more. Anybody uh, in the chat room want to tell me if they've seen Greg move or is he frozen? We're here. Okay, thank you, Mr. Shorty. Let me uh, remove Greg and let's see if he uh, comes back. Yeah. He just uh, moved himself. I am walking and talking. Um, I was asking him <clears throat> about Darius Rush, and uh, he had a sensational run uh, at the 40. Um, and I'm sure Hair Bear was a bit being a little facetious with that question about turning him into a cornerback. We'll see if hopefully Greg comes back and can address that. In the meantime, I want to make sure that all of you know that open mic at 8 p.m. tonight with Mr. Shorty uh, hosting the festivities and there are at least, I think, four or five barflies in attendance. J2K is one of them, and it should be a great show. And if you want to know how to get on Open Mic, you should really watch the show tonight, and all those details will be supplied then. And an hour before that, 7 p.m. Central, Science Fliction, they've got a, uh, a show. I forgot what the topic is that they're uh, running through, but... Uh, Greg is writing my laptop just restarted, so we got to go. Uh, so Greg will not be back. I got to I gotta tip my hat off to Greg Gabriel. He just had surgery uh, a few days ago, and so he was playing hurt today. And he goes, eh, maybe I can give you 45 minutes. Well, he gave me an hour and 15 minutes. What, what, what a trooper. <laughs> this is the kind of guy, you know, while I'm uh, on the couch watching football, uh, eating popcorn and, and drinking a beer. Uh, Greg is out there uh, hustling and, and and getting things done. He's 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 a great friend and uh, and and bless his heart. He is such a such a good guy. C.J. Williams said it best. Uh, Don Burr is in the chat room and he still is on this whole Detroit kick. What the hell happened to him when he was a child? Um, and uh, PZ says, "Hey, thanks, Greg. He'll quickly." Um, I, I had a bunch of great questions I was going to try to get in. Uh, J2K asked it, Greg, how much do you value potential versus production? Keon White and Lucas Van Ness are both raw but have huge ceilings. And he talked about the, both of those players, uh, J2K, so I'm hoping that uh, he gave you uh, an indication. So Greg is calling me right now. Let's see what he's got. Well, he just went away. I'll call him right back. In any case, um, so hopefully he, he did enough to answer your question. And uh, uh, Chris Watts wanted to know top free agent targets for the Bears. We're going to talk about that a lot over the next few days. And I know, you know, that Greg is sometimes a little reluctant to talk about free agents until they're free agents. Uh, so, um, um well, uh, well, uh, in Greg's next show, we're going to go into that in detail, and we're hoping to be back here on Monday during Free Agency Frenzy. So with that, I am going to uh, say goodbye. Thank you all for the about 200 people we had in the chat room at one point. And please let people know about uh, what we're doing here at the Barroom Network. We've got tons of great 
draft coverage. And of course, Danny Shimon and Greg Gabriel are doing detailed scouting reports on all of the players that they think are either a really good fit for the Chicago Bears or stay away. This is guy is good, but not a good fit. And they're also uh, looking at some gems and evaluating them as well. So with that, I will say goodbye. And let me play my video here, say goodbye, and ask you again to check out the Barroom uh, Network's primetime activity tonight here on the YouTube, also on Twitter, and also on Facebook. Goodbye, everybody.